Our gospel lesson comes from the eighth chapter of Luke. Jesus, you'll recall, was with his disciples in a boat and a big storm comes up. He's sleeping in the front of the boat and the disciples are afraid that they're going to all drown. And so they wake him up and Jesus stills the storm. Well, it is after that that he then comes into the land of the Gerasenes, and that's where we begin our gospel story. Listen for the word of God. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, And he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man for whom the demons had been had gone, excuse me, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Thou who art our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Eugene Sledge was afraid to miss the fighting after the U.S. entered the Second World War. So as soon as he turned 18, he joined the Marine Corps with his best friend. His father, Edward, a physician, was concerned for his son. 
and told him, Eugene, the worst thing about treating those combat boys from the Great War wasn't that they had their flesh torn, was that they had their souls torn out. I don't want to look in your eyes someday and see no spark, no love, no life. That would break my heart. When Eugene Sledge returned from the war, he was a broken man. He tried to re-enter life, he applied to college, when asked during an interview what skills and interests he would be tapping in college, he could only respond, I know how to kill the enemy. That's what I'm good at. An understanding family was his saving grace, but he had terrible nightmares and spent hours sitting against the trunk of a tree in his backyard, gazing blankly through the leaves up at the sky. Eugene Sledge is, I believe, a 20th century equivalent of the Gerasene man we just heard about. Dr. Rita Nakashima Brock, from whose March 2018 blog I'm drawing this story and her insights, describes Eugene's affliction as moral injury. She describes it as, quote, an affliction of moral conscience a negative judgment we pass on ourselves in response to violating core moral values or being contaminated by exposure to evil. It can lead us to feel unforgivable for something we did, failed to do, or witnessed, or endured, and it can cause us to conclude that we are no longer good and decent people. She goes on to say that the result of losing meaning or faith is that we, quote, lose our ability to trust our world, others, and even ourselves. We become divided against ourselves. I believe the Gerasene man was suffering from moral injury. Perhaps he had been part of a Roman legion, hence his name, Legion a Roman legion that had killed many Jews. It is not likely that he had committed a capital crime in Gerasene territory or he would have been jailed or likely executed. Could Jesus be healing the man of a psychosis? Possibly, but this is one of the longest accounts of a healing in the Gospels. There is more here than the healing of a mental illness. We are told that whatever is afflicting this man, it drives him into the wilds, which is actually better translated from the Greek as desert places. His life is arid, dry and without meaning. He lives among the tombs of a cemetery. He's out of control and under guard, often placed in chains and shackles, presumably to protect himself and others. Fortunately, there are not many people who suffer such extreme moral injury. 
But most of us are exposed to circumstances in which through action or inaction, we violate who we are as children of God and we sacrifice a piece of our humanity. It always involves self-blame and inability to forgive ourselves. It can be healed with compassion, which is why it is so important to welcome combat veterans home and listen to their stories. And the same is true for any person whose identity has been shattered by some external influence or event. Returning to our gospel story, does Jesus know about the Gerasene man before he sets sail across the lake? I believe he does. He makes a very serious decision to cross the Sea of Galilee and enter foreign territory, the territory of the Gerasenes, where Jews are few in number. Why would Jesus do that? Certainly to enter land dominated by non-Jews was risky. As a warning perhaps of the destructive powers at work in nature, the boat he is in, as I mentioned, comes close to sinking on the way until Jesus commands the storm and the waves to be still. After Jesus gets out of the boat, the first person he meets is the Gerasene man. And we are told this man is possessed by demons. I suspect these, quote, demons include shame, guilt, depression, anger, self-hatred, and probably a host of other emotions. Jesus could have been intimidated. He could have passed judgment on the deplorable state of this man. Jesus does neither. He conveys to him the love of God. And this has the power to transform a person contaminated by some evil or someone who has been dehumanized. He no sooner meets the man than he determines what is crippling this man's life and he orders that crippling power to be out of him. I can think of no better way to describe this possession by these emotional demons in modern terms than to understand it as a consequence of moral injury. Just like the moral injury suffered by Eugene Sledge. This man is driven out of human community by some experience that convinces him that he is unworthy and it takes a part of his soul. He needs compassion, he needs someone to hear his story. It is the epitome in Jesus' culture of someone who would be considered irredeemable, a person beyond the reach of God's redemptive love. Jesus travels by boat through a storm to bring a person believed irredeemable the compassion of God. The effect is immediate, but it is not magic. It is the compassion of God at work. Perhaps you've experienced times of desperation, 
times without hope as this man did. Many, perhaps most have not, but the story carries a warning that events can occur in our lives that convince us that we are worthless, that our lives are meaningless, or that we have violated our identity. When this happens, a person loses his or her confidence, feels unmoored, and wonders how to regain some sense of purpose. The man called Legion, a dangerous, violent foreigner, was in this state but could recognize that the redeeming love of God was inexplicably present with him. Whatever happened in that encounter resulted in a totally transformed individual. A naked, violent, empty soul becomes a disciple proclaiming the transforming power of his encounter with Jesus. If you can identify with this man called Legion, identify with his desperate circumstances, you can take heart that this unexpected encounter with Jesus occurred in foreign territory where Jesus was not welcome. So wherever you are, you are not beyond God's reach. What appeared to be removed from God's redemption is redeemed, liberated, set free to be an example to others. If you can't identify with Legion, consider the power of any systemic oppression that removes a person's humanity and leaves that person homeless and hopeless. Be on the lookout for legion in the world. As disciples of Jesus, we must be attentive to those who feel stripped of their humanity and who live lives of hopeless desperation. We then need each other to help heal moral injury in others and in ourselves. It is disorienting and frightening But Jesus is always inexplicably present. That is his promise. C.S. Lewis recognized this great fear that comes with transformation in the presence of God. He writes in part, and you can see the rest on the bulletin cover, I come into the presence of God with a great fear, lest anything should happen to me within that presence. The demon feelings within the Gerasene man are afraid and negotiate their fate. The Gerasene man is afraid of life after his new, forgiven, peaceful state of mind. We can imagine him saying to Jesus, please Jesus, let me escape from this place with you. Let me escape from all that oppresses me. And Jesus might have replied, I have saved you from the effects of your dis-ease so that you can be my voice in your own community. I understand your fear, but you have a purpose now. I need to have you tell people in your community about your experience of God's love and forgiveness. And it's not just the Gerasene man who fears how contact 
with Jesus will affect people going forward. The people of the surrounding country are also very afraid. A Jewish teacher has entered their land and caused a neighbor who felt empty and hopeless to regain his identity, his meaning, and his purpose. That is something they cannot comprehend, and they prefer the status quo to something so transformative. We actually share the same fear. Change is threatening. We often prefer the devil we know than risk a change so profound that we will never be the same again. To respond to Jesus' love can and often does make demands on us that change the way we see the world and respond to its needs and our own needs. If we resist that change, we are like the people in the story in the country of the Gerasenes who asked Jesus to leave their country because they couldn't deal with the implications of transformation by God's forgiving and empowering presence. Here at Third Church, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to free others from the oppressive effects of whatever has produced moral injury in their lives. This includes combat veterans who may sacrifice some of their humanity to keep us free. Keep that in mind on the 4th of July. It includes people who experience rejection by a spouse or a significant other that shatters their confidence or threatens their identity. It includes people who deny part of their identity in order to protect themselves from rejection by those they love. We are called to be the community that the people of the Gerasenes were not. One way we do this is by assuring complete accessibility to this community of faith. Those who are blind or deaf or physically impaired or mentally distressed must feel welcomed here. In this way, we model Jesus' recognition of God's claim on every person. But accessibility is not enough. Those who are struggling with their identity and purpose must feel safe to tell their stories. And we are called to listen without judgment. True inclusion is based on love, not simply accessibility. Love builds up and restores confidence. Remember Eugene Sledge, the combat veteran I described earlier. We left him staring blankly at the sky. Well, he did find meaning in life again, becoming a beloved professor of biology, a husband and father. Dr. Brock wrote in her blog that Eugene, quote, found meaning in the beauty of nature and its mysteries. And he found a way to live a life that was more than his story of moral injury, so he could share it with the world. 
That is what Jesus wants for every casualty of moral injury. No matter where that person happens to be. Jesus' disciples, that's us, let's try to make that a reality. Amen.